Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. My name is Robin Robertson, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast, and I want to welcome you here. I'm so happy to have you. It's currently raining outside, so you might hear a bit of thunder in the background. I'm not so sure, but it kind of makes for a bit of a cool ambiance, actually. The dark clouds, the green grass, because it is getting its summertime, and the rain coming down, looking at our garden and all the blossoms on our trees. It's, um, yeah, it's the start of a, a new season, the summer season, where there's many things that are growing, changing, reshaping, coming to an end, and possibly getting ready to start new. So I'm not sure where you are on your homeschool journey right now, if you're in the middle of things, depending on where you are in the year, or that's just how you roll, if you are still um, on the go and your homeschool is happening as always, if you're in the beginning of it and just starting, or if you're coming to a close and you're ending this year or maybe even close to ending your journey, this place is for all of us and all of you because I know you can take insights from all of the episodes that I offer, but also in this episode that's coming up as well. So first, I wanted to give a shout out to one of my patrons, Teresa Interlichia, Thank you so much for supporting the show and being a patron. I truly, truly appreciate you. If you don't know about Patreon, I do have a Patreon community. You can go to patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids to find out more or to become a patron. Your contribution helps the show to continue to produce episodes. It goes towards things like editing. I have a wonderful editor, Dan Moffat, does a fantastic job. Um, And it goes to further creation so we can actually produce more content and have further offerings for the community. One of the things that you might find are things like my Home Educating with Purpose guide that is a PDF that you can print out and helps you to reframe and understand your values around learning and why you're homeschooling. So that also gives you a a guide on the choices that you're going to make with your family uh, in learning and how and when you're going to learn. Uh, I also feature our unschooling Q&A. The recordings for those go on to my Patreon page. And um, we'll be continuing with a few little things this summer as well because we're taking a break from our unschooling Q&A. June has been the last month. We'll take a break for the summer. So I'll have different offerings in the summer for the Patreon community as well. And our Clubhouse community is still going strong. So that's another great community to join. I find With Clubhouse, it's kind of a chance to be part of the podcast, but in real live time. You can ask questions, be part of the conversation, share stories. I haven't been recording my rooms. I have been asked to. Um, I'm thinking about it because I think it gives a different vibe when you know it's just in the moment and everything that we share is just in that closed room. It's not going to go any further. So it really gives a chance to be open and have some great discussion as well. So you can check out the Clubhouse app. I know you still need an invite. So if you are a listener, just DM me through Instagram or Facebook or email me. You can go to my website and contact page and let me know that you're looking for an invite into the Clubhouse community and I can send that to you. When you're on, just follow me, Robin Robertson. And I also have the club called Honey M Homeschooling. You can be a member of that club as well. But I definitely recommend joining that app because we've been having a lot of fun these last couple months and we've been having some great deep dives and conversations. I host a room every Tuesday afternoon on Clubhouse at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. So that would be Alberta, Colorado time in North America. I also host a room Saturday mornings with Liana Francisco. You'll probably remember Liana from a few episodes back. She is a grown unschooler and now unschools her son. So Liana and I host a room every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. And the basis of that room, we talk about unschooling and homeschooling, but with a foundation that always comes back to connection and relationships. And That is always our underlying theme on Saturday mornings. So those are two times that you can mark on your calendar and check out. 
And I also want you to mark August the 6th, that Friday, there will be a special event that Kelly Edwards of the 90-Minute School Day and I will be hosting. So just keep an eye out. We'll be sharing more information on social media for that, but definitely mark your calendar for something special coming up in that date. So speaking of Clubhouse, that is a great way to move into the guest for this episode. So today it's Demetria Giles and Demetria and I connected through Clubhouse and it's been a great place for me to meet some wonderful people in the education, homeschooling community, unschooling community that I otherwise didn't always get to connect with. So Demetria Giles is the founder of the Homeschool Club on Clubhouse, which is the largest homeschool club, and I think actually one of the larger clubs for that category in Clubhouse. And I've had a chance to connect with her in her club, uh, be part of some fantastic conversations. She's come and co-hosted with me in my club and in rooms. And, you know, she's, I really love her. She, you will, and I know you will too. And this interview, Demetria and I actually recorded a while back So there have been a few changes. So for example, we kind of mentioned her education consultancy and coaching program. She was kind of talking about that, that that was something for the future that is up and running now. So if you'd like to find out more, I recommend you go to Instagram and go to her Instagram page at DRoseWritings. And that's her Instagram page. I'll put it in the show notes and you can find Demetria there. Or you can find her on Clubhouse, Demetria Giles, G-I-L-E-S, and um, connect with her, find out more about what she offers. And Demetria is an educator. She's a homeschooling mom. She's a single mom. She homeschools her son. And she's got such a fantastic perspective as a lead educator in her former school uh, and how she came to homeschooling her son while she worked full time at at a school as well, teaching and leading the school and why she chose that and why she feels it's so beneficial for both herself and her son for their family and their life going forward. So let me know what you think about this episode. I'm looking forward to connecting with Dimitri again uh, because I just love collaborating with her and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Take care. So welcome. I have Demetria Giles with me today. Thank you so much for taking the time to connect and come on the show, Demetria. It's my pleasure. So Demetria and I actually connected through Clubhouse, and I've really enjoyed listening to Demetria in her rooms and connecting with her there and hearing a little bit about her journey. And I thought she would bring such valuable experience and expertise to the show, and that's why I'm excited to have her on. Demetria Giles is currently the Director of Curriculum and Instruction at the Ninth Bridge School, a private early childhood and elementary school located in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. She has over 15 years of experience in education and is passionate about culturally responsible pedagogy, critical thinking development, and project-based learning. She is also an education consultant and the homeschool mom of a nine-year-old son. Welcome, Demetria. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robin. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, I have also really enjoyed talking with you over Clubhouse. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been a good platform to connect, I find, with others that I have not yet connected with before. So it's been a great tool in that way. So I want to hear a little bit about your journey. You're a teacher and you homeschool as well. How did you what was the, the guiding reasons that took you to follow the path in education? Sure. Um, so I I began my homeschooling journey really out of an, an urgent necessity. Um, I moved to Las Vegas almost five, f- four years ago now. Um, and uh, my son participated in two different schools for his first grade and second grade years. And there were really great things that I liked about each of those schools. And then there were some things that I realized just were not for him within those schools as well. And and so I looked into the possibility of doing homeschooling um, because I have a friend uh, who homeschools her two young boys. Um, and so it was something that 
I didn't think I could do being a full-time school leader. Um, but again, out of necessity, I, I was able to to hire a homeschool teacher the first year um, to actually come into the home uh, to help support the curriculum that I was developing um, with my son son's interest being, you know, at the center of that. Um, so I did that for the first year while I was still leading a school. Um, and so, you know, the homeschool teacher would come in in the morning as I was sort of preparing him for the day. Um, I would leave to go to my brick and mortar school um, and and lead and teach teachers there. And then she would execute on the lesson plans. She would execute on um, giving him feedback, helping him with his projects, um, research, um, and then generally just having fun. So, you know, they would go outside and go to different places in the community. Um, and so really, honestly, like if it all boiled down to one reason why I got into homeschooling, it would be out of the urgent need to make sure that my son was being serviced uh, in all the ways that that he deserves to be serviced. Um, mm-hmm. and so the, whether that is attending to um, his cultural needs, whether that's attending to his um, uh, his interests, his areas of, of uh, passion, um, and whether that was attending to his social emotional needs. I didn't want to compromise on any of those things. Um, and so here in Las Vegas, uh, schooling options are are interesting, I should say. Um, the Tell education, me more. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so the education system um, is is definitely getting better and better, and I've seen so many improvements over the the you know short amount of time that I've, I've been here. Um, but in comparison to the other markets that I've been in, um, New York City, uh, I was in Brooklyn, um, and then also in Virginia. That's where I. I started off. Um, and that's where my son was born. So in comparison to those markets, the options here, in my opinion, were, were definitely subpar. Um, even your your best private schools um, could rival some, could, could be compared to some really great free educational opportunities in some of those other markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, like I said, it, out of necessity is, is sort of why I got into homeschool. Okay. Um, so... Okay, so I have a few questions, but first that's coming to my mind as you're talking about this is, <laughs> what do your other colleagues say that your son is not attending public school or even the school that you're working at? Do they know or, you know, how do you present it? That is a great question. Um, and most everyone knows that I'm not shy about sharing that. Um, and most people that I talk to about it are really understanding, um, especially again here in this market. So if you live in this market, you understand that you know your choices are limited um, in comparison of to other markets. Where and I'm talking about when you're looking for excellent educational opportunities. If I wanted an okay, an average, you know, educational experience, there's plenty of options in, in that regards. Um, but I didn't want to compromise on any of those things um, that I spoke about earlier. So, you know, when I talk to colleagues about it or when I talk to, um, you know, other people within within the industry, they, they get it. Um, and I think teachers and other school leaders, principals, directors are actually more understanding because they realize how difficult it is to create an excellent educational experience for kids. Mm. Mm, it's right. hard. It's difficult. You know, yeah. you have to have the, the right curriculum with the right approach, with the an excellent teacher, with an excellent leadership, with the right pacing, with the right assessment, with the right, you know, uh, number of children in a classroom, with the right level of autonomy. Um, there's a lot that goes into creating an excellent school experience. And, and so I, I think, in, in, at least for me in conversations with educators, they, they understand it. Um, and I've never gotten really any pushback at all. Um, or any negative, negative comments or, or thoughts about it. I think people actually really respect it. Right. Okay. That's good to hear. That's really, really good to hear. I've heard, you know, I've heard different responses from educators who've chosen to homeschool or, and, you know, from various ends of the spectrum. So I'm always curious to hear different examples from others of how it's received essentially. So, and I think your homeschool experience 
also um, not depends on it, but it also can be either, you know, altered a bit or enhanced depending on the general feelings of your outside community as well. So it's nice to feel supported in that way and understood, really. I think we all want to be understood on different levels, but that is absolutely, I think that's fantastic for you and your son. Absolutely. I will add uh, that I do think the the immediate community um, lends itself to to homeschooling and even unschooling approaches. Like you said earlier, the school is located uh, in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And the cool thing about the downtown space is that there are a lot of entrepreneurs. There are a lot of people who have taken healthy risk to follow and lead their lives uh, based on their passions and their interests. And so the community in this space um, appreciates going after your passions and appreciates autonomy and choice. Um, and so I think that lends itself to people being more open to homeschooling and unschooling approaches. Um, in downtown, there's even this this thing that they do uh, every now and then called Market in the Alley, and children get to to sell products that they've created out of their own homes, out of their own uh, you know bedrooms. And so it's really cool to see the opportunity for children to be entrepreneurs in this particular community. Yeah, that is. That really, really is. Yeah, and it's interesting, actually, then, that it hasn't filtered a bit more into the institution of education within Las Vegas or within Nevada there. So maybe it needs some time. But yeah, I I had no idea that it was the dynamic was like that in the community in downtown Las Vegas. So that's some great opportunity that's presented. So this is your second year of homeschooling now or your third year? We are in our second full school year. I started actually um, before the pandemic. uh, I started in August, officially in August of 2019. Um, And and I did that again. Like I said, I needed needed something different for my son and, and he was really begging for, for, for something a little bit different as well. Um, and I'm glad that I did because obviously 2019, 2020 for, for school, um, <laughs> I need to really just hit the wall, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were like, yes, yes. <laughs> you I'm didn't like, want to say you knew it, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I am a, I'm a faith-based person. I do believe in God and God was definitely speaking to me and, and yeah. nudging me in the right direction. And I'm so glad I, I was obedient with that call. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Timing. Yeah. The timing was divine. Absolutely. <laughs> so in your second year, are you, cause you described that in your first year, you hired a homeschool teacher, a homeschool educator to be with your son because you work full time, you run a school. So uh, I know <laughs> you're extremely busy. Exactly. Uh, is she still with your son this year as well? Or have you guys changed things and how, how you're, you're doing homeschool? Oh, that's a great question. Um, she actually, we actually just had to say goodbye to her a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, so, did. yeah, uh, but she was amazing. She, we actually found her um, online a, a couple years ago, and she actually just started off helping out around the house and and helping me with with childcare, just basic childcare, because I am a single mother working a full time job. Mm-hmm. And when I first moved here, I was working even more hours than. Um, than than was sustainable, to be quite honest. Um, And so she was just a blessing to our family. And then, you know, I was talking with her about, you know, this decision, and I really think that I need to homeschool. Um, I saw how great she was with my son in terms of uh, his social emotional needs. My son trusted her. And to me, those are, they're the foundations of a really great teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could see how he was learning so much from her just naturally. Um, and, and so I, I asked her, you know, would you be, you know, willing to, to sort of step up into this role? Um, I, I'm poised in position to be able to help, to be able to cultivate the learning experience um, and guide what that can look like. Um, as long as you're open to, you know, receiving feedback from time to time. And, and she was really willing to do that. And, and I, I just, she was a godsend. I'm so thankful for her. Um, now she's, you know, spreading her wings and, and, and flying into other endeavors uh, of her, for her career. Um, and we're so happy for her. She's, she's now a dear friend of our family. 
Nice. That's the best. That's the best uh, relationship there: friendship, trust, and supporting social emotional wellness. And yeah, the needs there. That's the foundation. I agree. So I'm also curious as well. Was she a certified teacher? She was not. She was not a certified teacher. And being an educator who's done numerous hiring Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, experiences and throughout the years, I can say that. What I look for is the ability to be open, the ability to sort of rethink what something could look like, um, the ability to take feedback, the ability to cultivate a relationship with children, um, the the content of what to teach and how to teach is teachable. Hmm. Right. So, you know, if there's a, a teacher who's, you know, got... Uh, you know, credentials and all of this, but they don't have the ability to accept feedback. They don't have the ability to think in an entrepreneurial way, think creatively, um, and really focus on uh, integrating uh, social emotional within the academic space. Then to me, you know, that's not a well-rounded teacher. And so you can build up the content, you can build up the skill set, but those other things are more foundational skills for me. Right. And I ask that because I get asked often for parents that are interested in home educating or looking at that. And one of the fears or one of the stops is, well, I'm not a trained teacher, so I don't think I'll be able to do that. I won't, I don't know enough. I don't know how to do that. So therefore I don't, I'm not even going to try. So that was as an, for you as an educator and then hiring someone uh, to be a support, a learning support for your son. That's why I asked the question. And and yeah, it's a great response. Thank you very much. And I I think, well, we, we need more of you up here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, but I, yeah. I do think that that is important to pe- for people to understand is. is that you don't have to have a master's degree in education or teaching or in curriculum. Um, you don't have to have a teaching credential Um And I'm not going to knock those things, and I'm not going to say that those things don't bring value, um, but it's not total value. It's it's not what makes a great teacher is the credential or the master's degree. By far, some of the best teachers that I've ever known in any sector in education, um, many of them did not start off with a master's degree in education or a bachelor's in education, but they knew that teaching was a lifelong a lifelong learning journey and mm-hmm. that the best mm-hmm. thing that they could do is be a constant continuous learner to improve in the in the field of education. Yes. Yes and yes, absolutely. <laughs> I agree 100%. Absolutely 100%. So then talking about supporting the lifelong learning journey, what does that look like for your son right now? Because I know that's definitely something that's important for you and valuable for you in life and learning and education. So how do you support that for your family? Sure. That's also another great question. I think for me, I've, I've grown and, and gotten to the point where leading with his interests uh, is what I feel like will get us there. Um, he is interested in some things that I probably would have never planned in a you know, in a curriculum or in weekly lesson plans for him to dive deeply into. Um, so, for example, my, my son is fascinated with space. He loves all things space. Uh, and so, you know, the recent, you know, mission to Mars, he was all about that, wanting to learn every, you know, single detail of what was going to happen. Um, and he's also very much interested in uh, video gaming and, and technology in that sense as well. And these are not things that are connected to my inherent interests uh, whatsoever. Um, and so, therefore, you know, you know, as a teacher to him, I, I would not have led with those things necessarily, and nor would I have had the content knowledge. Really, if I'm being really transparent, I wouldn't have had the content knowledge to teach him those things. Um, and so, for for me right now, I'm really focusing on him understanding that he has everything that it takes. He has everything that he needs within him to learn the things that he's interested in learning and to accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish in life. And you don't have to have a specific teacher or a specific building or a specific place that you go to in order to to accomplish those goals mm. or to, to learn what you need to accomplish, accomplish those goals. Right. Yeah. 
Um, that's going to lead me to, an, I have another question on that, but first I want to ask you, uh, cause I know probably some will be wondering, what does that look like then? So if he is drawn to, you know, space, SpaceX, the mission to Mars, video gaming, gamification, all of, all of that, that is not really your thing, not really your interests. Like you said, you don't have, like, that's not, you know, your, your knowledge in that area is, is not as big. Then how do you support that for him? If he's, if that's what he's drawn to. Sure. For me, the easy win, because uh, books and literacy is my forte, uh, my easy entry into that is is supporting him initially through finding, um, you know, newspaper articles, magazines, books um, that support that area of interest. And then what it typically looks like is he'll distill something from a book and say that he wants to learn more about that. He'll, you know, seek the internet, go out, find information about how he can get the resources he needs to learn more about it. Um, so he was the one that found um, OutSchool, a course on OutSchool about the Mars mission. Um, and he told me he wanted to sign up for it. So nice. my role is really facilitating in him getting the resources that he needs and then also helping him to critically think about the information that he has acquired. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm really good at helping him to ask big questions about the things that he does discover. So even if I don't really know the content around, you know, how to travel to Mars and expeditions and all of that, I know how to um, to cultivate that bigger picture thinking of, well, how are they going to do it? Why are they doing it? How long would it take? Like, how long would it take? And, and so I'm able to, to really take what he gives to me, repackage it with a critical thinking question and give it back to him so that he has something else to go, to go explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, on a really tangible sort of everyday basis, what that looks like is uh, he has a lot of free time a lot of free time to play and explore. Um, And that is what drives him coming up with, you know, oh, I want to, I really want to learn more about this mission to Mars, or I I really want to learn more about, um, you know, Japanese, or I really want to learn more about Nintendo, the company. And, you know, what are the different positions within the company that I could seek after uh, when when I get older? So giving that space um, for me is what, has helped in, in the situation. Mm, okay. Okay. Giving that space. And okay. So I have a, I have a question then, because if someone says, well, that's great. Your son obviously is just naturally inclined to do those things. But if I gave my kids that space, they would just play video games all day long. And they, you know, they, I'm worried that that's all that they would do and nothing would go beyond that. What would you say to that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's also a great question. And that was my fear when I first started as well. Um, one thing that initially pops into my head um, is kind of around the mindset of learning. Um, I think I would ask that person, well, well what, what skill set are they learning by playing video games all day long? Hmm. Because to us, it, it just looks like they're playing video games all, all day long. But there are standards within that. There are things that they're learning to do within that. Video games, after I did a, a lot of digging, man, there's so much literary uh, content within video games. The, the whole idea of storytelling in video games, we know, you know, a lot of them are pretty much endless. And so there's all of these different storylines that um, are woven into video games. So, you know, how are they learning, you know, the, the important parts, elements of a story, character, setting? Um, how are they learning about the key details um, that help them to get to the next level within a video game? So that's one thing that comes to mind. And then the other thing that I, I would say, um, and I think there's sometimes a little bit of debate about how far you can go with guiding kids, um, especially if you're doing more of unschooling, But I'm a big believer that if you show um, why something might be important to learn in connection to their interests, they'll take the bait. So, for example, um, with my son, um, I really wanted him to to really dive a little bit more into into uh, black history, to be quite honest, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and 
he just naturally was not <laughs> really caring much about it um, during the second year of homeschooling. His first year of homeschooling, yeah, he totally led the way on learning all about Black Wall Street. And I did not push him into that at all. It was totally self-led. But the second year, nothing that he was doing was related to to Black history at all. And I, I wanted him to to still, you know, see the value in learning about his ancestors, et cetera, et cetera. And so I challenged him. I said, you know, you know, there were a number of significant African-Americans um, who who played a role in space exploration. Do you know about them? What roles did they play? What roles are, are current African-Americans playing within space exploration? And and so that sort of sent him into his own like oh maybe like what yeah <laughs> hmm, that's something I hadn't thought about. And he went and you know did some research on it and was able to come back and talk a little bit about it. I'm like oh okay interesting. So I do think that you can plant seeds and and sometimes those seeds will grow um, into you know full blown flowers and a whole crop right. And sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just you know be a little sprout and maybe the sun's too hot and it sort of withers away. And I think we should be okay with that. I don't think we should have this pressure on children to learn everything at once. And, and to me, that's the freedom of homeschooling is that we can focus deeply on certain subject areas that he's interested in instead of feeling this pressure to learn a little bit about a lot. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. You know, it's interesting. Um, and <clears throat> depending on, I'm thinking the timing would probably be okay for me to share because, you know, I also work on our public school board as well. And we actually just had a survey. Uh, we had this big survey that we had put out to students and parents and staff. And one of the things that we had asked were the pressures that kids are facing for them to answer those that did the survey. And we give gave a whole list of different things that they could choose from. It was really surprising what came back from the kids um, because, you know, I think especially in our world right now, the messages we get, you know, there were things that we had included like um, obviously bullying, online bullying, substance abuse, you know, drugs and alcohol, peer pressure, um, you know, different things like that, identity, um, ho- like home life, you know, things like that. But what actually was the top was test anxiety, mm. um, pressure to succeed, and disappointing our family. Wow. Those were the top three. And I was not expecting them to be the top three. And uh, the top five, I think they kind of, they varied a little bit with the ages, but they were still generally the same. But it really, so much of it was on the anxiety and pressure that they feel from school, but especially from families as well on the expectations. So it's interesting that you said, you know, you talked about the pressure and the importance of not placing a lot of pressure on our kids, especially for learning, allowing that space and time for them to grow and develop. And like you said, planting the seed, if maybe the seed flourishes and becomes a huge crop, if it doesn't, maybe it doesn't at all. And that's still okay. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. I thought really timely, really, really timely. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's definitely way too much pressure on kids they're kids we got to keep that in mind they're they're kids yeah. you know they're they're 5 they're 10 they're you know 16 years old they're they're children and they don't have to know what they're going to do for the rest of their lives no. right now and and i think if if us adults parents were being more reflective about our own lives we would realize that that pressure is is not justified because how many times have we changed our mind about what we're going to do when we grow More up? More than I can right? count. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we're grown up and sometimes we're changing yeah. our minds still about yes, what we're going to do, right. you know? Um, you know, I went to school for journalism and even though in this moment, maybe I'm pulling some skills from that, I definitely didn't become <laughs> a journalist. Um, you know, I, I, I became an educator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and that's okay. We need to normalize that that is Okay. Um, you know, at, at my school here in, in downtown Las Vegas, our, our mission is to create children who are the leaders of their own lives. And it's some something I, I feel so wholeheartedly about um, because that anxiety around tests, that pressure to, the, 
succeed. Um, the pressure to not disappoint your family is what creates um, unhappiness. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to raise my son to be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And we're talking about the importance of social, emotional needs and learning in that and how that is all, you know, the pressure and anxiety is is part of that as well, right? It's it's maybe it's, I, I think we, as parents and adults, sometimes I think we envision the worst. We want the best for our kids. <laughs> we really do. But I think sometimes we also are trying to live our own lives through our kids. Exactly. And that adds the extra pressure. We, we are like, I didn't do this, so I want you to be able to do this. I didn't succeed at this, so I want you to succeed at this. Thinking that we are doing great things by pushing or encouraging that when we're not necessarily always, <laughs> you know, they're feeling the pressure like we felt the pressure as exactly, well. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that doesn't mean that there won't be challenges in life. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't learn how to deal with adversity or that yeah. they yeah. shouldn't learn to deal with a little bit of pressure, but it should be in proportion to, to, you know, their development and their readiness, to be quite honest. Um, you know, there are some kids who may need a little bit more uh, support in those areas than others. So, you know, differentiating your approach to, mm-hmm. to match your child is also another thing we have to keep in mind. Um, but there's not, you know, I don't think most people need tests to become successful um, yeah, in life. No. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> and, you know, when you, when you, you know, I, I think of, okay, any of my tests, whether it was university or in school, I couldn't repeat any of them to you. Most of them, I could even tell you how well I did on them. You know, it's so long ago, it's so past. It's not relevant to me right now as a thing. Or many times it wasn't relevant to me the next day after I completed those tests. So, yeah. So, you know, I I do get sometimes uh, people ask, well, how are they, they may ask me, well, how are they going to be prepared for, you know, a test that they have to take, like if they have to take the SAT or mm-hmm. if they, you know, want to become a lawyer, they have to take the bar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are very valid, valid questions. Um, and the school that I, I'm at here in Las Vegas, we we don't do standardized testing. Uh, we do informal assessments to know where they're at, but, but nothing, you know, major where, you know, they really feel like they're being tested and there's all this anxiety. Um, and so what I say to the to folks who are like, how are, are you preparing them to take tests that they may have to take later on? And my answer to that is, you know, life helps you to prepare. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you are able to um to to follow directions, to do research, to learn, you know, good habits of how do you go about, you know, getting help if there's something that's difficult? Um, how do you reach out to other people who may be experts in a certain area um, to help you along? If you're doing those things throughout, you know, your homeschooling experience, um, you know, when they get to the point where they have to actually be confronted with a test, they'll know how to prepare for that test. Uh, but you don't have to take test, you know, K through 12 in order to do that. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, you know, we unschool and, you know, people and we, so we opt out of all our standardized testing and generally really any, we don't follow curriculum. Um, you, we have a provincial curriculum here that everyone follows, but we have the option to opt out. And when people ask, well, if your kids never take tests, like how are they, if they do decide to go back to school, or if they do have to take a test at some time, what are they going to do? And I think, well, you know, it's funny because a lot of, so many tests are multiple choice. They do things like Khan Academy or maybe taking out school class. You know, there's different things that they do do. Like my my son has been taking uh, last last semester or last year, he took a MOOC course, like, you know, the Coursera from the University of Alberta. It was a um, Arctic, Arctic biology course, I think. And, you know, there's still the same formats of tests there. You know, maybe it is not two hours long, but they, they get it. They understand how it works. And sometimes, you know, they, they figure it out. Like I just figured out what questions they were asking and I knew which one was the best answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, they figure out the test, how to test the test in that way, right? How to exactly. work the test. So. And those are those critical thinking skills. And again, if you're doing that along the way, you're teaching critical thinking, then, you know, there, there shouldn't be a problem uh, when yeah. they are confronted with that. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I would like to ask you as well, in your homeschooling journey, what have been some of the difficulties or obstacles that you faced and, and how are you overcoming them? Or maybe, maybe you're not overcoming them yet. Maybe you're working through them right now. But what are some of the things that you'd be willing to share that you've been, you know, maybe even surprise you that you're like, you know what, I didn't expect this. And it's definitely something that we're working through right now. Sure. Um, I think for me, it, it's really, it boils down to my time uh, and being able to spend more of my time in the homeschooling scenario with my son. Um, and we're working towards that. Um, I've gotten to a space where uh, my schedule is a little bit more forgiving um, and I can work from home one day out of the week. Um, so I'm, I'm more present with him in that homeschooling experience. Um, and so my challenge was really, honestly, my my own my own thing. It had nothing to do with him and it has nothing to do with my son. He's doing great. Um, I just, I have that feeling still where I'm like, I, I want to be there more. I want to be there more to support. And so I'm hoping within the next, uh, you know, six months that I will be able to work from home full time uh, so that I can support him uh, in this journey, because I, I do want the journey to kind of be like a, an experience that we share together. And it now it feels more like an experience that he's having on his own, which it is his learning journey. Uh, but it's also my parenting journey, too, if, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. And there's so many homeschooling parents that I talk to um, on Clubhouse or or just even in my local community that get to have this uh bond with their children that I do have, but I know that could be even stronger if I was able to support him uh, more on a daily basis throughout the day. Right. Yeah, I get that. I completely understand that. You know, the the other side of it too, and I think it will be also encouraging for many to hear, is that, um, you know, there is a question of sometimes, well, I, 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 well, I have friends that are single moms that homeschool. I, others that have asked me, well, how do, you know, how can we do it? If I work full time and I do want to have a different education alternative, how will I be able to manage it? And this is one of the things I love about the podcast is that everyone that comes on here shares their journey and has such a unique twist to it because you make it your own, right? And so whether that's the way they're learning, their style, or living, working, uh, it's great to hear how you've done that, the choice you've made, and how you've wor- you've been working with it right now, you and your son, through these years. So I, I hear you, and I, I, I know you're working towards that, and I, I think it's also going to be encouraging for others to hear, too, how, you know, the flexibility as well that we can um, start to create in our lives to make that happen. Yeah, and, and for me, I was willing to do it even with what seems like an imperfect scenario because I knew he was going to gain more from this seemingly imperfect scenario as opposed to being left uh, in a traditional system that wasn't serving him fully. Um, you know, for me, when I read, weighed the pros and the cons, uh, it was definitely more beneficial to start off the way that we started off and, and, and to make the sacrifices and the shifts over a period of time so that eventually we can get to the space where I am full-time working from home uh, while he's homeschooling. And so that's right. that's coming. I feel it in my spirit. It's coming very, very soon. Um and, and I'm glad that I made the decision, even though, um, you know, I, I didn't have the space to do it all on my own because I see the benefits of that. Um, he sees learning as not a chore. Um, it's not something you wake up and you go to a place to do. Uh, learning is part of his lifestyle now. Mm, yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's fantastic. So then <laughs> I got to ask the question as well, <laughs> because you, you know, you, you have your school in Nevada, your homeschooling, and you're an educator that works, you know, that works as a, as an educator. So our school right now, and you've made the choice to homeschool because you feel that it's going to best fit your son's needs. What, what is like, where are we going with the institution of education? 
What, where, where would you first, no, let me ask this. Where would you like to see it go? If you could have the ideal situation for learning and education, what would it look like? Ooh, that's uh, such a big question. It is, I know. <laughs> I know you can't answer it all right now, but maybe some loose ideas. <laughs> yeah, and I, for me, my answer might be a, a little bit different than than other homeschoolers or, or unschoolers, but I, I'm really big about choice, parent choice. So, you know, for me, it's not about, you know, getting rid of the public school system or, you know, be, you know, not having charter schools or anything like that. For me, I think there just needs to be more options on the menu for folks. Um, I have been at some really amazing charter schools, public charter schools, um, and those need to remain options. I have seen some really amazing public district schools, um, and we still need to support our public district schools with the necessary funding um, and training teachers properly. Um, I do think that I would love to have more financial support, and I know this is also a little touchy subject, but financial support um, for homeschoolers. And I know, I know that that's not a common thing <laughs> to be said, um, but I think more okay, people- Okay, I'm from Canada, I remember, so- <laughs> Right, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I think more people would see it as a viable option um, if they had uh, uh, support to be able to do it, uh, whether that's you know direct funding or or other resources in across communities. I do think that, to be quite honest, here in Las Vegas, there is a pretty good um, uh, wealth of resources for homeschoolers here. Um, but that's one thing. Um, and I also think that there needs to be a shift in mindset um, across the public school system uh, about what education, what learning is. Um, I think if there was a way to lessen the pressure to pull more kids out of the system who could potentially homeschool or unschool and do it successfully, we need to make that more of an option so that there's less of a strain on the actual public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, you know, I don't know exactly how to do that, uh, but that's that's one of my thoughts. Um, we really need to see that having experiences is part of learning. Um, and if we're sitting in a classroom for eight hours a day, uh, we're missing out on on experiences that are happening in the world. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting because I like how you explain that and having less pressure on the system by allowing more kids to be able to come out to homeschool or unschool or, you know, however best suits them. Uh, and then therefore supporting the system in that way, because I hear the opposite argument of the more kids that are coming out of the system, especially now, this past year, that we've seen a huge amount of change in, especially around here, public schooling, a lot of kids have chosen homeschooling or alternative schools if they can. Uh, the concern is, is that the it's going to be a detriment that we need actually to have more shifting to the public system so that we the public system can then diversify more to support more learners um, that it's a threat really to the institution and to the spaces by having allowing more choice to to let kids come and go or, or leave and be supported in a different way yeah that's what I was saying I know that what I, I was about to say was going to be a little different. <laughs> Uh, and I think there's a way to to maintain the traditional view of homeschool where it's like all hands off, government is not involved. But I think there's a way within the public uh, school system to create homeschooling options where the government is hands on and providing the monetary support and resources for for families. So I, I, it's not that we you know, have to get rid of one way and do it all another way. It's again, creating these nuanced options. Um, you know, I've, I've been in the, the, you know, in the the school system and I see the strains on the system um, and it, it can't take but so much more, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, schools are being required to do almost everything when it comes to, to human development, the human development of children. Um, and and I don't see that as something that is sustainable and hasn't been sustainable at a high quality level. Yeah. 
Yeah, they are being asked to do almost everything. And teachers are being asked to do almost everything as well. And there's, as a person, there's a lot that, like you see, you know, the hours that you put in and then having your outside role as a, either a, you know, a family member or whatever else you're doing outside of that too, that's, it's a lot for sure, physically, mentally, emotionally as well. It is, it is. And that's why I always say being a teacher is probably one of the most difficult jobs um, in you know, I have yet to see a teacher get paid what they're worth. I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it is either. Yeah, they're worth in their time. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, it's like one of those things where we could go down this rabbit hole of <laughs> education and the changes. And, uh, and I could talk about it all day long. So I, mean, I, too, I, know, I know. I'm like, okay, I, I yeah, I, I so want to, but maybe another conversation. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I think actually another great, you have, you started doing homeschool consulting as well, right? Supporting families that are looking to change their educational space or environment or style. Yes, I have. And it was really just off of a whim, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, everyone just was panicked essentially. And I had people reaching out to me on social media, messaging me, like, what should I be doing? Um, you know, if this be- goes beyond two weeks, what do I need to be thinking about? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, definitely people reaching out to me saying, oh my goodness, my, my child is displaying X, Y, or Z behavior. Um, you know, how do I handle that? Um, and I think some things, honestly, you know, were brought about by the pandemic and kids not being able to see you know, their peers. But I think some of it, if I'm being really brutally honest, was now we're home with our kids and we are starting to see things that we didn't necessarily have to see mm-hmm. before because we weren't with them for eight or nine hours a day, right? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So parents were being presented with things that they just didn't know that their kid was doing all along. And so they were reaching out to get support. Um, you know, definitely a lot of friends, uh, previous colleagues who have had kids, uh, family members. Um, and so I just started doing free, like 15 minute consultations and helping folks in that regards. Um, and then I was thinking, okay, well, there's, there's something here. Um, you know, let me, let me see what I can do here to, to be able to support people on a more of a a long-term basis. So that's where that's out of. Nice. And you're going to continue with that as well? I am. Right now, I'm really working on uh, solidifying a very clear, crisp vision on it uh, because just like with school leadership, you can get pulled in 50 million directions mm-hmm. uh, without <laughs> that. Uh, so, you know, I have been uh, narrowing down a little bit more on the market um, and it looks like it's probably going to be uh, homeschooling families and or uh, families who uh, are more in an entrepreneurial mindset and want to know how to support their kids uh, in that area. Mm, nice. Yeah. A huge amount of entrepreneurs, homeschooling, unschooling, um, it lends itself, right, with the flexibility, the um, requirement to pivot, not only in business, but in life and scheduling and, yeah, the creativity and critical thinking as well. I think it's actually a really good fit. Really. Okay. I, a lot, I, a ton of our, you know, we know a lot of entrepreneurs that also homeschool or unschool. So yeah, it works really well. Very, very well. I'm excited to see where it's going to head. Uh, and it's been fun. Um, it gets me to have a creative outlet. Um, it reminds me a lot of designing schools. So mm-hmm. it's been a fun process so far. Nice, nice. I I won't pry too much and say, okay, so then <laughs> what's going to be happening with, with the with the school that you're at and and your plans? But um, what I'll do is I know that I'll leave a contact if anybody does want to reach out to you, uh, whether that's Clubhouse, you can find Dimitri on Clubhouse, or should I put your Instagram in the show notes as well? Sure, that that works. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So if anyone does want to reach out to Demetria and find out more information, uh, I will, I will put her Instagram in the show notes. So you can go there to find her. Clubhouse is another great place as well. She has the homeschool club on Clubhouse. And so if you're on there, you can find her there as well. So I know I want to respect the time as well. And, um, and, I know you are at work and you'll probably be getting to your son pretty soon. So I just wanted to ask as we wrap up, 
If I'm a parent that comes to you and says, um, you know, I'm looking to homeschool and we are just kind of sorting it out and getting things arranged, what would be a few things that you would recommend for those that are just getting started? Sure. Um, I think the first thing I would tell them uh, is to have a plan, but be okay with your plan being flexible and changing. Uh, I started off you know, doing homeschooling one way was a little bit more scheduled, a little bit more rigid and looked a little bit more like school to be quite honest. Um, and it wasn't working for us. And, uh, my son, you know, just didn't like it. And so he didn't like regular school. So why would you like school just in the house? Okay. Yeah, that makes no. sense. Um, so the second, which leads me to the second point, which is I would really make sure that you are taking time to observe your children, to listen to your children, to take note of how they learn, to take note of the things that they um, are interested in and the things that get them excited about learning, um, because that is where, that that's the information you can use to cultivate uh, a learning experience within your home um, that is going to be beneficial for, for the child because they're, they're interested in it, they're motivated, and it's in the long term going to be beneficial for you because you're not going to be pulling your hair out um, and, and being frustrated because you planned something that you know, they rolled their eyes at, or you planned something that they walked away from and didn't want to engage in. Um, so be okay with taking some time, um, even if it's a couple of, you know, weeks, a couple of months to really, you know, learn about your child. Um, I think that would be one of the first steps so that, so that you're not, you're not creating an environment that is a replica of, you know, something they already don't like. Hmm. That makes right. Sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Stepping back instead of stepping on, really, in yes. so many yes. ways. Yes. Yeah. If we're looking for the change and we have the space to to create it, let's instead of recreating what's not working for, for your family or for them, yeah, you know, to step back to to listen, observe, and take the time to to create that unique part that will that is working for your family, that will work for family, your family and be flexible to change exactly. because it won't always be the same. It's very dynamic <laughs> as we all are as people and as learners, for sure. So were there any favorite books that you would recommend as well? That you're like, you know what, this is something that I, I love to read or I, someone who I is, has provided encouragement or has great insight? That's a great question. Um, are you referring to with regards to homeschooling or are you referring to with regards to parenting or my own just like general likes in terms of literacy? <laughs> I'll give you three. One for homeschooling and learning. Okay. One's for parenting and one that is just like you you just love. Okay. Um so one for this is kind of like a, a both homeschooling and parenting would be parenting from the inside out. Oh, Dr. Dan Siegel. Yes. Uh, yeah. Transformational text for me, uh, to be quite honest. Um, there is a lot of reflection and introspection that has to happen in order to, to be the best that we can be at parents and as homeschoolers who, you know, are, are facilitating, you know, the learning of our children. And that book was just really, really eye-opening. There were, you know, some things that I already knew as an educator, but then there were definitely, you know, parts of it that resonated with me and were new for me as a parent. Um, really understanding, you know, how our own parents, you know, if, you know, influence our parenting, understanding how our own education, our own experiences have influenced what we think parenting should look like, feel like, and sound like um, is super important to identify those things so you can know whether it's going to work for your own child because our children are not us. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's but right. We, we do affect them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one. Um, that's a great, that's one of my favorites. That's a fantastic one. And then the other category was? Um, so we yeah. said homeschooling or learning, uh, parenting, and then just a general love. Just in general, 
Um, right now I'm reading Think Again by Adam Grant. Think okay, I don't know that one. Think Again yeah, by Adam Grant. Okay. It's uh it's a really great it's, it's pretty new. I think I don't remember exactly when it came out, but um it's basically it's like a critical thinking book. It's a how to unlearn book. It's a how to, you know, think about what you, you know, think you know type of book. Um mm-hmm. And so I, I just really recommend it for for anyone, um, to be quite honest, but definitely for people who are are wanting to to grow in the area of personal development. Okay. I love those suggestions, and I'm going to include those in the show notes as well if anybody wants to check them out. Um, yeah, I know you and I both like to read, <laughs> so I thought books would be a good question to ask you as well. Yes, I always, uh, I should probably like always prepare for that because whenever I'm hit with it, I'm like, but there are so many books. I know, I know. <laughs> so well, that's, many. that's like even that question of like, where do you, would you like education to go? Or there's just, it's a comp, yeah, there's so yeah. many books, there's so many, so many discussions that that we can like that can go on to all different directions so yeah I know I always have a stack on my bedside table and yeah there's there's not just one exactly (laughs) well I am so happy that you came on the show and that you took time today to to be interviewed I'm very grateful thank you so much Demetria and I'm actually just grateful that we got to connect it's uh, it's funny how the world works but I know it works exactly how it should so absolutely absolutely it's been my pleasure my pleasure Um, and thank you so much for for all that you've contributed uh, in our conversations uh, on the app Uh, and you are you're just you're a force to be reckoned with and I love (laughs) just how there's just a genuineness about you and a soothness about your voice that I really uh, appreciate having convos with you so thank you you. likewise absolutely likewise all right thank you very much Demetria no problem